right, so I have with me Dr. Catherine Hayhurst and Marion, one of our senior nurses. Um, we're just going to have a chat round about communication. Um, at the moment, we're finding we're having to communicate with our patients and relatives in a, in a totally different way. This is just a piece to try and help you with conversations and tips that just might help make it a bit easier. So let's start off with what's difficult about communicating with our patients at the moment? Um, so I think it's really difficult because they're not that well and we're wearing a mask and we look bizarre a lot of the time. So they don't get any facial clues. They don't know who we are because there's no uniform. So I think that's pretty hard. And they're, they're also probably more scared than they would be normally. What's our princi- what are the principles during discussions? Yeah, so it's interesting. It's, it's the same stuff as we kind of know. If you think about your breaking bad news structure, so often you're going to them and saying, you've got COVID, you're quite unwell. Um, so figure out what they know already. It's interesting, some people don't know very much. They've hidden themselves away. Um, and then when you're telling them stuff, just telling people, you know, no jargon, keep it short, chunking and checking. You give a chunk and then you check, see how they're doing, which face-to-face you can do, or you might have to ask, do you understand that? Um, if you're going to give bad news, then giving a warning shot. So, uh, you, know, I've, you know, I'm afraid I've got something really difficult to discuss with you. Da-da, you know, your x-ray looks awful. I think, you know, this, you've got quite severe disease or something. And then it's all about leaving gaps so that they can ask um, and tell you. I think the also, also the thing for us, because we're only, we're only ED, we don't get to decide uh, ceilings of care, really. It's, it's RRT and ITU, so I think we shouldn't promise anything that we can't mm. deliver. Um, and so for us as nurses, doctors go down, they've sort of spoken to the patient, and what can we do as nurses to help facilitate the conversations that you might have had or to help patients understand or the re-clarification of, of, of what's been said? I mean, I know, Marion, you've got quite a lot of experience in this. What, is there any hints and tips that you could give us? I guess it's listening to the patient, giving them a chance to tell you that you can find out the bits they've picked up on. Often they won't have heard quite what you know has been said. And often they want different things from the conversation. There'll be things that maybe they've been told that they really didn't want to hear. They did want to hear it, but it's something they want to move on from. A really good second check, check. where the nurses go in and find out. Yeah. What did they hear and also how are they, how, you know? Mm. How are they about it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's like you've given bad news as well. It's that time for them to process what you've just said and then if they have got any further questions or maybe something they didn't understand just to go back and make sure that they're they're able to process that. And is there anything else that's really important to them that wasn't covered? Mm. Because the most bizarre things can be, to us, can be really important to somebody else that we wouldn't Mm. think that they would come up with. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question, isn't it? The palliative care people talking about, ask ask a patient, what's the thing that really matters to you at the moment? Um, That's a very good mm. question. And it may be it's their cat at home or something, you know. And obviously, at the moment, we, we don't have any relatives that are coming in, into hospital, so we are doing an awful lot of our communication over the, the telephone. How are, we, how are we managing this challenge? It's a very challenging thing to do, isn't it? Especially when you're trying to give important news. I think it's really hard doing it on the phone. Um, and I, I certainly, the, one of the reasons I started thinking about this was I did one a week or two ago, and I thought, oh, gosh, I'm sure I could have done that better. And then I've been chatting to palliative care colleagues and also 
I used to teach communication skills to students, so I talked to some of the tutors there and got some ideas. So I think it's the same principles as what we would do already. First of all, you, you, know, you phone them up, you introduce yourself really clearly, check that they know who you are, um, say why you're calling, and figure out what they know already. Um, but you've just got to do it in a much more overt, overt way and be really listing out for whether they're following you. Um, and then same things if you're about to talk about something really difficult is have a warning shot or, you know, I've, I've got some difficult news to tell you. Um, I think there's something about being really honest mm. about how the patient is and then giving some hope. So if the honest thing is your relative's really unwell, they're needing oxygen at the moment, um, I'm afraid then ventilation isn't going to work for them. The chance of them surviving with a ventilator are very slim and therefore it's probably not the right thing for them. But then giving them hope that we are going to treat them with oxygen, uh, we are going to look after them as best we can, they're not going to be alone. Um, they just want reassurance, mm. I think. And then there's something about trying to figure out how they're processing it, because you can't, you can't normally people aren't very verbal when they get bad news they that it you can tell by looking at them how they are but then so then you've got to ask so you know pause and then saying this is a really hard conversation to have on the phone what are you thinking at the moment perhaps check out have they got someone they can talk to mm. it about once the phone calls finished yeah yeah so that they've got somewhere to go with the information themselves and I was thinking about what would happen if you put someone in a relative's room and you went in and told them that bad news. I'd be taking my nurse in with me. It's sort of protection, isn't You've got it? Support there. You've got yes. support there. <laughs> and then I would, I guess, it's a good cop backup, isn't it? I'd give the bad news and then probably peel off. Yeah. And a nurse stays <laughs> and then there's a bit of mopping up and a yeah. bit of listening. And I would really like for every relative conversation that we have um, that perhaps a nurse could also call back at some stage and... Um, check in how the, 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 the relatives yes. are doing. And I think we could re be, I think it could be really changing for our care of the families if we could do that. Um, but it's not, I think nurses are possibly a bit frightened of being asked difficult questions, but I think they, people talk to nurses about different stuff. Yes, think, I, I think often when they phone in, they realize that there's limits on what they can we can tell them but often they want to know about the kind of comfort things how are they are they awake are they responsive you know are they eating are they drinking are they able to talk and because you're painting a picture they're not going to they may not have seen them for a while they may not be able to see them for a little while. So you're almost like their eyes and yeah. you know they may have messages, they might want to tell you things that they feel is important to care. Mm. Often hearing aids, what they want for breakfast, what they like doing. And I think it's really important that we make notes of that because they just want the best care for them under the circumstances. Um, a really good question to ask is, um, what would help us to look after yeah. your relative? And I think that's something really positive nurses could go in with. And if mm. it's something like, oh, I don't know, they're like a cheese sandwich before bed or something, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, yeah. just those little things that we can pass on to the ward would be very helpful. And passing messages on, because mm. they almost always want to know that you've let them know they've wrong. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, so the department is still trying to get some iPads or some sort of tablets so that we can do some, um, I mean, it'll only work with perhaps younger relatives, but so that we can do some kind of video calling. So that's in process as well. I don't know when that'll happen. And that, that'll be so useful. The, the hardest thing I find about phone calls where you have to break bad news or communicate complex information is, as you said, just knowing whether or not the other person at the other end is assimilating this or not. Yeah. And, 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 and also, too, I have to confess that, you know, in the midst of a busy shift where you've got so many logistical challenges, so many sick patients, I really have to discipline myself to, to find the time mm. to, to mm. do this properly. I, the structure we have is so routine. It's so easy to, to zoom through it and then, and then close it. And I, I really have to discipline myself and give enough time mm. for family to, to ask the questions, to get comfortable with this this incredible conversation they never anticipated yeah. they would have. It's, it's so, I think that the family are so far out of their depth, taking it, mm. it takes a long time for them to adjust to the fact they're having this conversation mm. by telephone. And I have to give them a lot of periods of silence and yeah. a, a, really good. To, 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 to just to, to try and assimilate it. But what I, what I was really wanted to ask you was if you have any tips, because it's so hard, the checking bit, that the actually establishing whether or not they've understood what you've said. Yeah. Do you have any ways of, 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 of ascertaining that without coming across as very patronising? Like, now, could you tell me back what yeah, you've just it's understood? Yeah, really hard. Um, so just going back to something you said, that I was talking to my palliative care friend. She said a good phone call first saves lots of phone calls later um, on a very practical level. And she said you somehow got to give them the impression you've got time. Mm. Um, so how do we do that? And I think if, we, if that goes up our priority list, that, that's a good thing. Um, so I would say something like, um, what I've told you is, quite, is actually quite complicated. Um, do you think um, you'd be able to explain it um, to, say, another family member? Um, or what, what might you say to that's another family really member? Because yeah, I know you might want to try and communicate this later. How, how might you describe it to them is a good one. Um, That's a really nice. Yeah, because yeah. mm. like you say, it's a bit, it's a bit sort of, uh, it's not very nice to have to say. So tell me, you know, tell me what I said to you. Yeah, it's exactly, sort of almost yeah. like a test, isn't it? That's no <laughs> good. <laughs> you can learn a lot by watching your colleagues mm. make phone calls like that, and I've seen a few people who I've been really impressed with doing those difficult mm. phone calls, and thought, wow, that's a really, really, and you'll pick up on useful ways of broaching subjects by asking, seeing other people doing it if you have the time. I think it's quite nice afterwards also to say that sounded like a hard phone call, you know, how was it at the other end that so you've got, because you're just having this awful yeah, conversation, yeah, you do need to kind of offload it a bit. The other thing, it's helpful in the notes to try and make a note of relative communication because actually it's really, it's then easy, easier for the staff on the wards to pick out mm. that someone's had that conversation. Um, and I can show anyone how to do that on Epic. It's <laughs> 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 the left-hand column. Rather than using our normal notes tab, you go to where all the, the far left-hand column, there's a thing that says notes, and you can pick relative communication, okay. and you can write that. And I think the thing that I personally struggle with is how do you end the conversation? You've just, you, you talk, you've just given this horrible news, and I mean, it's easy, like you say, if you're in person, you, you, you're comforting someone, you might be holding their hand, or just sitting with them in silence for, for a, a bit, but... How do you how do you say sort of goodbye on a phone after? 
Oh, yes, that's hard. Um, often they know that you've got limited time, so they uh, they may be trying to end the call. Um, I guess you can sort of say, um, I realise I've told you a lot, do you have any questions for me? Um, and then you can kind of, if you give them a future plan, you know, he's going to the ward, this is the ward, um, and this is the number, um, so maybe you can call in later on, then that gives them the cues that it's ending. Check out, have they got people around them as yeah. well? You know, yeah. is there anybody they think they should be sharing the news with? Mm. Because they're not going to be able to, in other circumstances, a lot of them would have kind of got their door keys and mm. they'd be on their way, but they can't do that. Mm. Are there any alternative ways that relatives can get in contact to, to have updates for their family? I've seen on Connect that PALS are running a service during daytime hours whereby um, relatives can call in and leave messages for their relatives which will be relayed to them on the wards because it can be very difficult to uh, get through on the phone to wards. Um, there's a PALS helpline available 8 till 8, Monday to Friday, and the phone number is on Connect, and there's also an alternative email address on Connect that you can use to get through. What can go wrong in a phone call? I think uh, probably the biggest danger is just using jargon or um, dressing it up in some way. I think um, just to keep it as simple as possible. Um, there's some posters um, that actually from Chelsea and Westminster that we're going to put up in handover areas. They've got some really nice suggestions of just using the word, they're really sick, um, there's a good chance the patient's going to die, and using the die word. Um, Forbidden word that everybody hates using. Yeah, but yeah absolutely. Being honest, isn't um, it? Yeah. And having that expectation, I suppose. Mm, that, yeah. yeah, just being really clear. Yeah. Make absolutely sure you know who you're speaking to, mm. that you are speaking mm. to the most appropriate person. And if it's going a bit too quick, go back and check what they've understood. Because sometimes they go through it, yes doctor, yes doctor, I understand doctor, and actually, they, yeah, they just may not have got it. So we have some talking to relatives, laminated guidance. Are these going to be put up in the department? Yeah, I think we're going to put that up in, in the nurses and the doctors handover area so it's something you can read whilst you're waiting for your shift. We try not to put too much um, technical stuff up in, in um, staff rooms, I think, because I want people to relax in staff rooms, but we'll put them up um, in those areas. You've given structure to a really difficult thing. Yeah. You know, we're all finding it really challenging, mm. and, uh, and all these tools are really helpful. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much. Cool. Guys. Lovely.